Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Uh, hello, everybody, and welcome to Winchester Radio, our podcast. Um, we're going to be talking about the episode, Man's Best Friend with Benefits, tonight, the 15th episode of the 8th season. We do have a special guest from that episode, so I'll just let everybody know, uh, again, that we do not take uh, call-in questions um, uh, unless otherwise noted with the guest, and we're very excited to have Michelle Morgan with us, who played Portia, who's James Familiar. Uh, Hi, Michelle. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Thank you for having me. Very cool. Um, <laughs> you were you were great fun on that episode. So it's it's going to be fun to talk to you. You were it seemed like a an interesting um, um, character to play. And when you got the script or heard about the episode, you were like, were you thinking, goodness, my alter ego is a dog? <laughs> I was actually so excited. I was so excited because I love dogs and I'm such a dog person. Um, <laughs> not really a cat person, I'm more of a dog person. So as soon as I got the script, I just started looking at dogs and I just thought it was so much fun. And just the, just the idea, to, like, cause dogs, especially like domesticated dogs, they're just, they have such an innocence about them and such a strength, you know, and, and especially mm-hmm. being a guard dog, like a Doberman, it was just so excited. I was so excited mm-hmm. to do it. It was so much mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. Did you get to work with the dog much? Did you get to work with the dog very much? Because you didn't have that well, many scenes with it. Yeah, well, uh, the thing is, is that when the dog is on camera, then I'm not on You're camera. You're not, so, right. Yeah, exactly. So there was, there, so I didn't get to work with them as much as some other cast members, I hear. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, they, a lot of other people had a lot of fun with the dogs, just trampling on them in the middle of scenes, which was interesting to hear. But um, I didn't get to work with them as much personally, but I got to see them on set and just play with them and watch them, and they were amazing. It was just, I just, I love Dobermans as well. Like, I was I was thinking about buying a Doberman right after that. I was like, I just want to have a Doberman, a nice big guard dog who loves you and is so sweet, but so, you know, commands the room. And it was so much fun mm-hmm. to actually impersonate that in a character, so... Yeah, they were absolutely beautiful, beautiful dogs. But they looked big even for Dobermans, which are big anyway. They looked like... Oh, yeah, they were pretty big. And there was actually... I believe there was three of them. Don't quote me on that. There might have been more than three, but there was three of them that they used interchangeably for different um, different scenes and stuff. And it was so interesting because every single one had kind of a different personality so they were like, oh, no, that one, he, he's very serious, doesn't like to be touched. He, he does the serious scenes. I was like, oh, okay. And then you have the other ones that are very playful, and they like, you know, they love people, and they love to play. And it was, it was interesting. I, I had no idea that that was the way that they kind of had, you know, like how they would cast dogs sometimes, because 
certain ones were just a little bit more, you know, business, really. Like, I've never seen a dog on set that was just so not interested in me. And then the other two were, like, so, like, they were just regular dogs just running around. They want to be pet. But there was one that was like, no, I'm not having it. He's like, I'm walking away. I don't, I don't care for any of this. <laughs> it was so interesting. <laughs> Was it? He's there. Was it? He's there for his scenes, and that's it. No playing. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. He was there for his scenes, and that's it. No playing. Yeah, he's that was diva. it. He was like, I want to go back to my trailer. I'm done. Yeah. I'm going back to my trailer. <laughs> yeah. This, this, have this serious business here. Sorry. Oh, I was just saying there was other animals on set, like um, like the cat um, who played. Philippe Lachat. Um, there was mm-hmm. a cat, and he he turns into the cat, and that was that was an interesting experience as well because actually um, the the um, I don't even know what it's called, but basically when they slap the chart thing to tell you like the the timestamp, basically they clicked it and the cat freaked out. So the, so basically the shot was done. They couldn't do anything about it. The cat was not having it. He did not like that sound, and he was not gonna. Mm. He was not gonna play nice. So it was, that was really interesting too. I was like, oh, hmm. so I guess we just lost a whole day without the cat. Oh, we had no. to bring him back, I guess, yeah. for another time. <laughs> they don't like loud noises. I, I, I'm a, yeah, I'm a not person. at all. <laughs> they don't like. They don't like loud noises. <laughs> I, I understand. Though it's kind of funny if, I, like anything else, you get experience. So I would think if the cat had been filming before you might be used to the sound but who knows animals you really can't guess you can do your best and know them really well but you just never know what they're going to be yeah that's what I was hearing from um from from a lot of the trainers on set they were like you know you just really never know you try your best and a lot of them are good one day and then some days they're like I'm not gonna do it today I don't feel like it (laughs) was it in the script that it was a Doberman or I just wondered if they decided that later on or no, it was in the script that it's a Doberman, which helped me oh. with my choice in terms of creating Portia, um, just in terms of how strong I wanted her to be. So, it, yeah, it was very, they were very specific that she was a Doberman. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just wondered. That. Can you tell us yeah. about um, the process, where, how you got hired at the audition and everything? Um, well, this was actually one of the first times that this has ever happened. I heard about it a lot of times, but it never personally happened to me where I did an audition um, just and I taped it and sent it over to Vancouver and they booked me off of my audition tape. Usually how it works is you do an audition tape and then they fly you down or they bring you down and they want you to test and actually audition in the room. But in this case, I just auditioned um, by tape, via tape, and they were happy with everything and I just got a call that I booked it and I was so ecstatic and really surprised actually but really ecstatic. Awesome. You you were fantastic in the role. I just absolutely loved your character and you did a really great job with the character mm-hmm. Yes. Thank Definitely. you so much. I was I was just trying so hard to make her strong but not um but still lovable, you know, in in a in a way, so mm-hmm. I just hope that came across because I've been amazed by all of the Supernatural fans. Like, they are so amazing. They're so supportive, um, and they love the show, and they clearly love, you know, a lot of the guest star choices that um, the production mm-hmm. made. So I'm so excited and so happy to be a part of 
anything to do with supernatural. You guys are amazing. <laughs> well, you never you never know. You might get invited to some conventions too. Supernatural has a lot of conventions around the around the world. Yeah, that's true. And and also with supernatural, a lot of characters just kind of pop back up. So you never know. Right. Russia might come back. That is true because both both um, your character and the character of James survived supernatural. Which yes, isn't we are easy. alive. <laughs> which is unusual, right? And on the road, several weeks. You could you could absolutely yeah. um, come back through again sometime. Exactly, yeah. we're just driving around in a car. We're just waiting for you know <laughs> Sam and Dean to call us back. <laughs> Pretty much it. <laughs> Uh, had you had you watched Supernatural before you got the part? I was actually I actually loved Supernatural. I was a huge Supernatural fan for the first um, probably the first two seasons, almost two seasons, and then I just kind of fell off. Um, just in terms of when it was airing, I guess it wasn't airing at the at the time that I could see it, and then I missed a couple of episodes, and then I just kind of was like, okay, I'm gonna wait until you know they come out on box sets and start watching them. And then I just mm-hmm. fell off the wagon, kind of. But I love Supernatural. And then because I booked the role, I um, went back and I started watching from about season five and on. And I just fell in love with the show again. So I'm sure I'm still going to be watching it. And I'm going to be a fan like you guys, going crazy, yeah. saying, oh, my gosh, Sam and Dean. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. And they are – it's it's so unbelievable how they are on set. They are ex- almost exactly the same as their characters, like Gerard and Jensen. Like, they're just, like, Gerard and Jensen are, they act exactly like brothers, One, like and very similar to their characters in terms of, just in terms of how they tease each other and everything like that. It was like, this is, is amazing. <laughs> we, we hear they're, they're a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, and they're just so much fun. They don't stop playing on set. Yeah. But, yeah, but that's the amazing thing, too, because they're, like, everybody on set was just so hardworking, but also, like, just very laid back and um, and very inviting. And Gerard and Jensen were exactly the same. They were just so, you know, sweet and fun and full of life, and they just never stopped playing or joking around. I was like, this is unbelievable. <laughs> but it was so much so it was so much fun shooting the show, so much fun. It was the best 10 days I ever had. And Vancouver was amazing just being out there because I'm mm-hmm. from Toronto, which is very flat, and Vancouver has the mountains and the water, and it was mm-hmm. breathtaking. It was beautiful. Yeah, it is a beautiful city. Mm-hmm. What was the hardest scene you had to film? Um, for Supernatural, for this particular episode? Yeah. Um, the hardest thing. Mm, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, everything was so much fun, and I felt like everybody, because every, the way the the set was the way that it was, and everybody was so inviting and so sweet. I just felt like everything was easy, and everything was just fun. I can't even really think of anything that was really difficult um, to shoot. I'm, I guess I guess it's probably the first scene, because the first scene was actually shot on the first day that I arrived on set, and it was just the idea of, um, of you know, these, these characters and these people who've been on this set for 
so long, and they've and almost everybody, including the cast and the crew, have been working on the show since inception. So they've been part of the show for about eight years, and it was it was really nerve wracking coming in because I was like, oh, you know, I'm like the new girl in a new school, <laughs> and I was really mm-hmm. nervous, but everybody was so nice, so it made it so easy and so much fun. So I guess I don't really have anything. Yeah, I can't really think of anything. <laughs> oh, that's okay. That's good. I'm glad it was a fun experience. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, that yeah. first that that first scene is just so adorable. I absolutely just loved it. How Sam's so excited about the dog, and you know, and then he's telling Dean all about it. You know, don't you know? Just stay the one night, and you know. And Dean looks like, yeah, she can stay when he sees you. It's probably one of my favorite scenes ever. It was so cute. I love it. And actually that line that um Dean that that Dean threw there was actually not in the script. He actually threw that in there. And it worked oh. so perfectly. Oh yeah, so that I, was cool. Yeah, he just kinda of threw that in there and and he was throwing in he was just ad libbing and throwing in different lines and different takes and I guess that's the one they cho- chose and and it worked. I thought it worked out great. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it was perfect. very fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, I. This is this is such, such a kind of silly comment, but I loved the dog collar, the red dog collar with the. With yeah, that was interesting. It was, <laughs> it was gorgeous, but they actually had about. Uh, I would guess I would say about at least five or six options of this dog collar. And that dog collar, that was the only collar that was actually a dog collar. All the other ones were like these little belts and um, um, these little, they were kind of just little sashes or ones that they made specifically for that to look really pretty and nice. But they ended up, the producers ended up going with the dog collar. And this was, and when I put it on, I was on set and um, one of the crew members said, I have that, I bought that exact same collar for one of my dogs. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm wearing a real dog collar for real. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, well, it was beautiful. I wanted to keep one as a souvenir, but I didn't get a chance to. I totally forgot to ask and get one, but I really wanted Mm -hmm. to keep one as a souvenir of Portia. Yeah, and then you could get your Doberman and have her wear it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I would never forget that I was on Supernatural. <laughs> <laughs> but it looks great on you. It was, it was great. I would wear it as a necklace. It was gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. Well, remember, like, I remember when I was in high school, um, they were always wearing, like, neck chokers and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's kind of like a similar style where with the neck choker so maybe it'll come back in. Come back. Never maybe know. Portia will bring in. Yeah, we'll bring in. You know, the new trend, the new style. <laughs> Everybody will be wearing dog collars. Were <laughs> 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 um, there? You mentioned how how fun and the guys um, joking around and everything. Were there any scenes or anything that might get put like on the gag reel on the DVDs or anything? Um, (laughs) well, I think maybe perhaps, um, there was this scene where, um, where James Frampton, my, um, my boyfriend, he kind of, he does the flash and then basically pushes them and they fall over the bed and fall on the sides. 
Um, so when they were doing this in the scene, um, obviously they weren't using the stunt guys yet. So they were like, you know, he's just going to go like this and you guys just jump over there or something. And then they would literally jump, like, just on other takes, they would always jump on the bed in all these, like, random slow-motion poses. It was hilarious. <laughs> it was so much funny. I was like, I was like really, I, how am I supposed to keep a straight face right now? <laughs> I don't know how I'm supposed to do this. And they're, like, moving in slow motion in the background on the bed. I'm like, okay, just stop. <laughs> it was so much fun. Oh, my gosh, those guys are crazy. <laughs> It's very funny. Um, with um, James's character was chained to the bed most of the episode. Was um, was it kind of awkward doing scenes with a guy who's chained to a bed? Um, well, yeah, it was kind. Of, it was definitely kind of awkward because the only thing that was awkward, I think, after when I was thinking about it, was like, oh, it was really weird because it was like. Like, especially being in a scene, you're like, you're fully in control of the scene because he is, like, just chained. He can't move. So that was, I never really thought about it until, you know, afterwards when I was, when I was kind of watching how it kind of came out. And I, I loved how it looked, but I, I never really took note of that in my head. I guess it was just kind of like I was just trying to be in the moment and mm-hmm. take that in. So, yeah, but, yeah, it was a little strange. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was stranger for him because those metal things were, yeah, they were actually pretty heavy. I was like, are these real chains? Oh, yeah. wow. I mean, yeah, I, I was thinking brilliant. they were, you know, made by the prop department to be, just look like metal and, and not be so heavy or uncomfortable. Yeah, and I've seen, I've seen that before. Um, I worked on another show and... We well, basically, my character was this bad high school girl, and we just basically chained up this girl um, with these chains. But yeah, they were super, super light. So I thought they were going to be the same kind of thing. But no, these were these were pretty heavy, <laughs> pretty heavy. I mean, if they lost the key, I don't even know what would have happened. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Bolt cutters. <laughs> Campbell would just be stuck living on the supernatural set for the rest of his life. Forever. <laughs> and everybody would just randomly walk in and, you know, throw him some food or throw him a bone. <laughs> I I would imagine that scene is, you know, a little bit odd to you, but it must have been even stranger for Jared and Jensen to be, you know, carrying on this long conversation with the poor poor Christian chain they were just so professional it was well i guess you know they've been doing this for so long and they've been um it's eight seasons mm-hmm. amazing and um yeah so they're just they're they just know what they're doing you know they're just so professional mm-hmm. and they yeah. and they have so much fun at the same same time so it's like you just mm-hmm. know that they're doing what they love you know mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Um, in the um, were there any was there any talk of like maybe in the wit in the witch bar they're maybe having other actual animals in the scenes to to represent the familiars or was it just always supposed to be people? Because I thought it would have been cool if they showed you know like a witch over in the corner with his dog or cat or something, but instead everybody was all people. That is so interesting. I. They never mentioned that in the in the script or anything like that. And now, come to think of it, I was I'm 
yeah, I totally agree that that would have been cool to kind of see all different animals because also you see a Philippe Le Chat and you see him turn into his um, cat self. Um, so you would wonder what, you know, if the other animals were going to, if the other characters were going to become animals as well. But, but no, there wasn't really any discussion regarding that. I guess it was just implied um, (laughs) that they may become animals. Was the witch bar um, on set or was it um, at a location that they fixed up to look like the bar? That was actually a location. It was um, it was an amazing location. It the walls were exactly what we needed. Like it was it was just like this nice old cathedral. I think it was a bank at some point or something. It was an amazing um, little bar, but I think it was a bar slash restaurant, and it was actually under renovation, so it was kind of scary. They were, we were calling the basement the dungeon because the basement was just filled with all of the construction stuff, and they were like, we're, all the cats can wait down in the dungeon. <laughs> we're like, oh, God, we're going down to the dungeon. But <laughs> Yeah, but it, it was yeah, it was on location, um, so it was great, and... It was, I liked it because I find when you're on set, you get really, really hot when you're in the studio, but at least on location, it was, that location was so nice and cool, and I guess it was because it was freezing cold outside on that day, so (laughs) I was totally okay with it. (laughs) I I would guess the dungeon would have been kind of cool, too, because, you know, most dungeons are cold. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Um, oh. I know you've got um, You're busy this evening you got a lot of things planned Going on this evening yep. Yeah Too many things planned um, Going to the Actor Awards Which is um, here in Canada We have our our union Our actors union is um, Actra And we're having some awards tonight And I have a friend of mine Shannon Cook Who's being nominated So we're going to go there and support him, and then right after that, I'm going to beeline it out because I have to go to my little sister's 19-year-old birthday party, which is going to be so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, here in Canada, she gets to drink, so she is over the moon excited about the fact that she's going to have her first legal shot, and I have to be there or she's going to kill me, so... <laughs> Actor Awards is going to have to wait. I'm just going to be able yep. to kind of make a cameo and then slip out. <laughs> right. I agree. Little Sister's birthday is way more important. I agree. It <laughs> is. And I, and I mean, when you do, when you're, you know, like in this career, like things come up all the time and you really have to set boundaries and kind of, you know, say what you're willing to do and what you're not. And at the end of the day, I just put my family first. And I think I've never gone wrong with doing that. I've never felt mm-hmm. bad with doing that. <laughs> so that's, that's the, the way to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hey, Vinny, are you there? You have... Sorry? I am. I oh, our, third, our third co-host just popped in. So um, Michelle oh. is, is here telling, but uh, about to take off. It's been fun. I'm sorry you missed her, but... Or, or I almost missed her. But... <laughs> Hi. Do you, Hi. For, do you have a question for Michelle, Vinny? I don't know what you guys already asked, so I don't want to be redundant. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe um, I'll change yeah. my answer. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. Right. And it'll be a totally different answer. 
You never know. <laughs> Do you have any um, future projects in the works? Um, well, I recently, right before I shot Supernatural, I shot um, a movie with the Trailer Park Boys. Um, I don't know if you guys know about them, but they were mm-hmm. this crazy, comedic phenomenon here in Canada, and um, their show ran for a million seasons as well. And and then they did a, they did a movie as well. And then now they're shooting a, a another film. It's kind of a mockumentary based on the characters. So it's like Mike Smith and Rob Wells and J.P. Tremblay and Pat Roche, and they kind of go out on their own, and it's this adventure of how they're going to make their own network. And they're very, very vulgar. <laughs> so the entire movie is about how they want to make this vulgar network where anything goes and they can do whatever they want. And it's just basically their journey to kind of get this network seen to the world, which is, oh, my gosh, the craziest adventure in the world. I don't even know how this movie is going to be released. (laughs) Some of the things that are happening, I'm like, what's going on? Like, there's Tom Green and there's Carrot Top doing some crazy stuff in the film as well, where I I just don't even know. It is seriously a film that that is, I don't think the world has seen anything like this. And I don't know if the world will ever see anything like this ever again. So, <laughs> so I look forward to seeing what happens because they're crazy. And then I also did um, a mini series um, called it's called Dark Rising: Warrior of Worlds. It's like the fourth installment of this Dark Rising. Um, I guess I, I guess it's not really a franchise. It kind of. Um, it's basically they just have a bunch of different films that came before it, and this is a mini series based on the film. And it's it stars um, like well, it's basically about I don't know it's it's a really strange thing but it's a sci-fi, so I guess it competes very much with um with I guess Lost Girl but uh, more Lost Girl and um, than Supernatural, but it's based on um, this girl who's Bridget Kingsley is the lead in it and she is basically this character who goes into this supernatural world where it's almost like a sub-world where you kind of have the same people, but they have different lives because it's like the demon world versus the real world. And it's it's a fun little concept, but it was that's basically what I shot all summer, and that was really fun to be a part of as well. Just because I got to be out in Sudbury, which is strange, but I got to be out in northern Ontario, and we were all basically stuck up in the same hotel all together. So I got my college dorm experience which was amazing it was so much fun because everybody was there and I went to university but I never stayed on campus so I had I just never had that experience of I'm able to just kind of walk out my door and there's a party (laughs) and when I was on set for Dark Rising that's how it was I can walk out my door and there was a party on in every single room going down the hallway I was like oh Oh, this is like being in a dorm room (laughs) <laughs> that's amazing. That was very cool. Um, yeah, so I had an amazing, amazing summer, well, year last year. It was filled with great things, and this year started out even more amazing with Supernatural, so. That's cool. Well, I'm glad you're catching up on the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, at the beginning, and also welcome to the Supernatural family, and um, want to tell you. everybody to Want to tell everybody to follow you on Twitter? If they not, mm-hmm. they're not already. Michelle so, Morgan um, one. 
right? <laughs> because somebody yeah. actually stole, they um, impersonated me when I first started acting. It was really oh. strange. So then I had to go with Michelle Morgan 1 or or <laughs> nothing. Yeah, so that was funny. Oh. That was really funny. It was my, one of my best friends, she she calls me and she's like, why didn't you tell me that you had a Twitter account? I'm like, I don't have a Twitter account. She's like, yes, you do. I'm like, no, I don't. And then I was oh, like, no. okay, go to Michelle Morgan, like, on Twitter. I was like, okay. I'm like, are you sure it's me? She's like, go to the name and then tell me if I'm confused. <laughs> and I went to the, the Twitter account, and it was basically all of my pictures. And it was plastered everywhere, and it was it was people. They were talking, and they were saying, you know, they're making me sound really busy. They were like, oh, I'm you know flying into New York, flying into L.A. today. I'm exhausted, and I was like, well, I'm just sitting at home eating breakfast. But okay, <laughs> I'm like yeah, maybe I'll oh let that God. go for a little bit. <laughs> but uh, after a while, I decided, okay. I got to get a handle on this and open my own Twitter account. So it's Michelle Morgan mm-hmm. one. <laughs> and you saw Michelle M I S H A E L, right? Yes. Yeah. It's because my dad's name was Michael. My dad was. My dad's name is Michael, and my mom's name is Sharon. So they put the S into Michael, and it's really Michelle, I guess. But <laughs> I've always grown up saying Michelle. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I like that. It's very cool. Yeah. Yeah, I tried to do something special, but now it just confuses everybody. Everybody's like, <laughs> when I go to casting, they're like, Michelle? <laughs> I'm like, yes, it's Michelle. <laughs> well, I know you need to get off of here and get started for your big evening. Yes, thank you. Got to go get thank pretty you. now. <laughs> thank you so much for calling in. We've had so much fun talking with you. Thank you so much for having me. And we we really hope Portia and James come back to the show. Y'all were great. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. That means so much to me. And thank you guys all, every all the Supernatural fans and the Supernatural fan family for, you know, supporting me and adding me on Twitter and adding me on Instagram. You guys are amazing. I look forward to possibly doing some more Supernatural stuff, hopefully, in the future. Cool. We will keep our fingers crossed. Yep. Yay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Thanks, you. Michelle. Yep. Thank, Thank you, Michelle. You. So Thank you. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Uh, everybody listening to our show, don't leave because we're still going to keep talking about the episode. So. We're still yeah. super nice. I'm sorry. I missed everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she was great. She, um, yeah, she was fun. Uh, I really like that she said that Jensen um, Dean's line, yeah, she can stay. When Sam was thought there was a Doberman and it turned out to be her, she said that that Jensen ad-libbed that line. Really? So I, yeah, I thought that was hilarious because that line yeah. was absolutely perfect. Yeah, that seems very like a very necessary line. I'm surprised it wasn't in the original script. Yeah, so she, she said it was not he, in the script. She Don't said he ad-libbed kick. quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, check you out, Jensen Ackles. <laughs> yeah, good, good job. Um, too bad he didn't ad lib more in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, probably no <laughs> What? 
more than most people did. Um, I there, there was some really cute moments in it. I loved mm-hmm. Portia and James. I thought their characters were so interesting, and I really could watch more of them. I think they could like have a spinoff or something. I love their characters, <laughs> and there was just a lot of really cute Sam and Dean moments in it, and I, I liked the episode. Mm-hmm. I... I was bored for most of the episodes. I think the best thing about the episode was actually Portia, the character mm-hmm. and the actor, uh, Michelle. Mm-hmm. She was yes. the highlight of the episode, which is good that she was in so much of the episode because script-wise I was not super stoked about this episode. Yeah, um, I didn't think it was written very well. Occasionally I did not recognize Sam and Dean, I think they they said because and did certain as, things. I was like, as much really? as I agree, as much as I like the line when Dean says that was hot and Sam agrees, like yeah, that was hot. I love the line delivery, and I love. I thought it was funny, but it didn't seem like Sam at all to like concur with that. Yeah, to a and, to a woman to a stranger, to a woman who yeah, yeah. belly was just rubbing. <laughs> I yeah, know where. Well, I can totally see Sam thinking it was hot because, yeah, I mean, yeah. she's, you know, she's hot. And so, you know, and her getting <laughs> yeah. mad and everything, you know, that, that, you know, that would be hot. And so, but Sam has never openly said anything like that in all eight years. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But I did, I did think yeah. it was cute. I, I was like, I can't believe he just said that. I think it's so cute. Yeah, you know? I thought but, it was, it was, it was really adorable, but it was very out of character. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, if you go back to the seasons, it, it feels kind of canonical that both Sam and Dean would like a strong woman because if you look back mm-hmm. at every conquest, it tends to be a strong woman. Mm-hmm. So, but just Sam saying it out loud, mm. I could even give him, like, him saying it after she left the room to just Dean. Mm-hmm. But him mm-hmm. saying in front of her felt really awkward. Yeah. I, I again, I, I, I agree. I, I liked like the delivery and they did a good job and I could totally see Dean saying it but I but I recall like when I first heard Sam say that I was like I was a little bit I took a step back you know yeah, I mean it definitely. wasn't awful but it was definitely a little bit different for for me um, I liked that they remember that Dean does not like witches that's been very consistent over the seasons absolutely but it was a very, and I, I can't believe it. Dean, not know what a familiar is. Oh come on! Yeah. And and um, gosh, there was something else that went right along with that. It, it just, there's no way. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't Dean know not if this know is where you're. Is. Forgot it. I don't know if this is so. where you're going, but it was weird to me in the script that not only does Dean not know what a familiar is, but Portia explains that some witches split their time between human and familiar or human mm-hmm. and animal. But then yeah. later on, he wants to know which came first, the chicken or the egg. And yeah. obviously by Portia's earlier statement, it would have to be the person, the human. Mm-hmm. So I just felt like mm-hmm. it was a really unnecessary line. I think there were opportunities for him to be sleazy that were lost. 
And then the the moments that where he was attempting to be sleazy didn't they kind of clunked for me. Yeah. Like I kept waiting for the typical like there's a woman who came in whose belly sound scratched on Dean's mm. bed. Where was that joke? Mm. What what bothered me about that, that scene was that and, and you know what, it's a very cute scene and and it was fun and it was well played by everybody and it was very adorable to have Samuel still obviously the the dog fan and like wow this is great mm-hmm. you know a dog and now Dean don't be mad you know but can she stay the night and we'll find a home tomorrow and all that was very cute the way it was played and all that but and I and I get that maybe Portia to sort of hide or sneak out she went in her her familiar form to get to the hotel, um, but how does she know what room, you know? Why didn't she just drive over, you know? And then, and I can see maybe she didn't want to be seen at the motel as Portia the person, so she showed up mm-hmm. as a dog. Um, the well, the, sec- he, the he said she opened the door, he opened the door, she should have gone in and become Portia and not yeah, jumped on the bed think, and rolled guess, over and all this other stuff. I got her logic for showing up as a dog, but I didn't get her. Mm-hmm. I didn't get the character logic for remaining the dog while while she's interacting with Sam as a dog, rather yeah. than to play for the joke later. Well, I thought but it was finding she, out that Jensen ad libbed that line. Then scripturally, where was the joke? Mm-hmm. I thought didn't she say that she um, chose the form of dog because it tell lets her know what kind of person people are. It tells her you know she can know. If they're trustworthy, yeah, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Did she have a line? But like then, that? why didn't she say a dog for Dean? I'm assuming that you know she once she met Sam, and she saw that Sam was good and trustworthy and all that. That she, you know, Dean's his brother. James knew them. Dean would be the same. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, I'll give you that. But then she's the one that texted them. She's the one that called, like that got them over there because she thought they were her last resort. Right. It had to have been already like a bit of trust. I don't know. It just, it, I could sand wink it and make it work, but I think, I think it was clunky. Yeah. yeah. Mhm. And the whole part of, I wish that they had explained the whole familiar thing more. Even though they, they, they went out of their way not to. She really didn't give Dean any information. Um, and but I wish. They would have let her give him a bit more information because I wish they would have said something about how, like people d- decide to be witches and that's how they become witches, you know, through a decision they make and they go through the process or whatever. What um, that that's the same thing with becoming a familiar. A person decides to become a familiar. You know, I wish they would have said more about you know about that to let us know how it actually works. Mhm. And also about like when when they are and aren't familiars, do they have to be a familiar a certain amount of time? I mean, we know that Portia and James had a relationship, but she's she's sleeping with him as a dog towards the beginning. And I'm like... Yeah, she's in bed as a dog. And I can see that if if she was strictly a familiar, but she's not. So, hmm. And my my theory is, because this doesn't come out, and I feel like to be a familiar, you are 
more likely to be the stronger of the two witches. Uh, I just, I don't know. I feel like it takes more power to become an animal. That's just my theory. But, yeah, yeah, I didn't. Is it just more comfortable for her? Because I don't understand why she was, in the beginning, she's a dog. Like, you would think in order to comfort him, she would take her human form. Mm -hmm. Well, the way I take it is, you know, if you're familiar... You and you are proud and enjoy being a dog as much as you do as a person. So you know, you know she could she could just choose. You know she just chose whichever one she wanted to be because she was just as happy and proud to be that part of her as she was the human part of her. And as for the comfort part, I know sometimes there's times when I would prefer getting comforted by my dog than by a person. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, I don't dispute that at all. It wasn't so much mm-hmm. like him, his comfort. Like, I question as an animal. Like, I feel like if if my dog, if I'm crying, my dog does come and, like, literally comes and licks my tears away. I feel like if she could become a human and go, Mommy, what's wrong? She would. Mm-hmm. So, like, the same line of thinking, like, I feel like if Portia could... Could could go yo what what was that demon what was what's going on instead mm-hmm. of you know remaining nonverbal it's comforting to James but I'd be if I was an if I was a witch that could go between the two I'd be super curious and I'd be like I need my my human vocal cords for this mm-hmm. I think it's so cool that an episode that most everybody you know is like. It's not one of the best, you know, it's just a filler, it's just a monster of the week, it's not that great. But it has really inspired some great conversations. And I think that mm-hmm. is one of the Yes. Yeah, I've yeah. been really, and I'm glad because it is the kind of episode that on the surface could be very easily forgotten. But what's being discussed, people are taking very strong sides about, too. And mm-hmm. I find that interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, there were, there are a lot of people who were, um, and Benny, you and I talked about it earlier this week, about they brought race into the episode, and you and I were talking. Neither one of us saw it during the episode that it was, you know, as a black yeah, woman wearing a how collar. Much to get into on the podcast, but yeah, we didn't I was, when I, yeah, when I got up Thursday morning and started seeing people react in that way, I was floored because it mm-hmm. never once occurred to me to view Portia by her race. I didn't either. And I know that the idea of, I was telling Becky, I always think back to when Sarah Gamble was interviewed about the season two finale, about all hell breaks, and a lot of people were very upset about um, I just blanked on Aldous Hodge's character's name. Jake. Jake, thank you. Oh, the James. That's wrong. That's this episode. Um, about Jake being black and being the bad guy and then dying. Spoilers if you haven't watched season two. Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> why you're why you're listening? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and I remember uh, an interview with her saying in her character notes when she was writing the script. She described him as Matt Damon-esque or similar to Matt Damon. And you really can't get too much different 
I mean, Aldous Hodge is not the same race, much taller, in my opinion, better looking. So, you know, not exactly Matt Damon. So, you know, the idea of it, everybody's got to work. If, if, that, if that actor is the best actor for the job, they did the best act, the best job in the in the audition for the reading, and I don't think that a script should have to modify that to to worry about whether they're being PC or not. I think as someone who is non-white, I'm, and I'm not saying anybody else has to feel this way. I'm really trying to word this very carefully. I'm almost offended that people are offended on her behalf because I feel like the minute she walked on to the screen, then people went, oh, pretty black girl, instead of saying pretty girl. And it's that idea of when you see, you know, and it's become a trope and a joke, but when you watch a horror movie and you see the black man and you think he's going to die, it's become a trope, but you have to, have to look at yourself and think, why did I see that person walk on screen and automatically identify him by his race when you don't see Sam and Dean, for instance, you don't think, oh, those two white brothers. Right. And so when you can say that color, like people will say that it's impossible to be colorblind, but I didn't see Portia as anything other than a woman, and maybe that is a privilege I have because... I don't have a definite race being biracial. I don't I don't have a defined race. So I don't view pe- it's hard for me to view people as a race unless it's a racially charged moment. Does that make sense? Totally makes sense to me and as I'm 100% white, that's my <laughs> you know, I'm all white <laughs> and I I just saw her as, you know, a gorgeous lady. And mm-hmm. who who kicked butt? And I, you know, not once during the episode did I think, oh my gosh, that's so racist. The black woman wearing a collar and calling, you know, James Master. I saw it as a whole familiar witch deal. I didn't see it anything mm-hmm. other than that. And then the next morning, and I loved the episode at the first night. And like I was telling Denny, the next day I woke up and I'm reading all these people who were all upset and and everything. I was like, wow, am I just mm-hmm blind or you know am I not I don't I don't you know am I not as aware of things race things that I should be or you know mm. I, I was like so I had to talk to Vinny he's like you know I, 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 I'm worried about myself <laughs> I was going to make a horrible joke and be like I'm sorry did you have to call your token black friend <laughs> well, uh, for anybody listening I'm half black and half Mexican so well, <laughs> that's where that came from <laughs> you are you are my friend that I talked about supernatural things too. So there yeah, you go. we do it every Thursday. We do it every Thursday morning. Every Thursday morning we do it. But um, <laughs> I, like I said, um, I was talking to a friend on Twitter, and she's she's white, and both of our families are southern. So she did. She's like, I felt this was like knee jerk. Almost what I got from her comments was almost like a a guilt kind of feeling, and I totally get that, and I will validate those feelings. I 100% validate anybody's feelings who felt uncomfortable in that way. I just, 
on the same hand, I have to validate my own feelings of being offended by you being offended, which is a really bizarre thing to say. Mm-hmm. I feel like saying that, because this is this was the only racial thought I had watching this episode, and it was super fleeting. It was being proud of my show for once again having an interracial couple. Because that's what mm-hmm. I felt when we met Cassie as Dean's ex in season one. I was so proud of my show mm-hmm. because you don't see that. And me having interracial parents, that's the closest I get to seeing myself on television, like seeing a representation of myself is when things like mm-hmm. that happen. Because when you're biracial, you, no one really looks like you. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some people that you can pass for, you know, white, Mexican. I get people assume I'm Mexican where I live because I, that's the majority population. And I'm brown, so it's just a default. Everybody's brown is Mexican here. You must, you should speak Spanish. And people are really, really confused when they look at me. So you don't really see yourself on television. So for me, I saw a biracial couple, or interracial couple, and I was totally stoked. But it was such a fleeting moment mm-hmm. because that is a little more, I hate to use the word taboo for that, but you just don't see it on television very often to see an interracial couple have, even, in, you know, and then to go as far as to have them have sexual relations on screen. Mm-hmm. Or you, intimate moments on screen. You know, I've been telling you to watch, I've been telling you to watch Scandal. Yes, you've been telling me to watch Scandal. But again, and that, I think, is, to me, that's far more groundbreaking because that, there's just a huge history of connotations with that and such. So for me, personally, that's a huge thing. I just, hmm. when you get into the whole, you know, you know, platforming off of that, then for me I feel like, are you telling me that a black woman can't be in a sub-dom relationship because she's black if she falls in love with a guy who's white and they happen to both have that kink? Are you saying it's wrong? Because, you know, there is the culture on the Internet. You, you don't kink shame. You, you just don't do that. It's not, you know, your kinks are not my kinks, and that's cool. But it's almost saying, like, you, 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 because of the color of your skin, you have to shy away from what gets you off. And I think that's a really almost disturbing way of looking at the show, at this episode. And mm. I was telling that, you know, if you do your research on sub-dom relationships, the sub is the one in control. They're the ones, they're the ones that have the most control, which is why I was saying I wonder if she's the more powerful witch. So, and she, she specifically said in the episode that she chose James. Yeah, she chose him. She's not his pet. And I saw a couple of, com- of, of conversations on my timeline, off my timeline, just around on Tumblr, and I don't understand Tumblr, but I try. I really try. Um, or people were upset that, you know, he scolds her and she turns into a dog. And Becky and I are talking about it. I saw that as, I'm not listening to you anymore. And she turned into a dog mm-hmm. and walked off on him. I didn't see it as he shamed her into being a dog because, again, going in the context of the show, she doesn't find anything shameful about being a familiar. So to assume that she finds that form shameful, I feel like the viewer is degrading her not the writers of the episode. Mm-hmm. I 
didn't even think any of this, so I guess that makes three three of us. I just I watched. I didn't even think about that at all. To me, it was it was a familiar and which, and I my mindset looking at the relationship came from supernatural and the rules of the game as go as they go through supernatural. I didn't even think that way, and I have a feeling that the writers didn't have any other agenda going on. No, I wouldn't um, think so either. It wouldn't be I, right. Like, we could, I mean, we do know that for the casting, uh, the casting aside for um, Kevin Tan, for example, it specifically asked for an Asian, and it was even it was even ambiguous. You know, they were at that point they were casting male or female. They hadn't even made that concrete. This is mm-hmm. an Asian. I would be curious to know what the casting side was for Portia. Very curious. Mm. Well, obviously for Cassie, because of the storyline, Cassie well, Michelle, was not, you know. Michelle did say that they had, um, her. she got the audition through, um, she um, sent in a video, and they um, liked the video and took in, you know, accepted it right then. But she also said they had um, cast the dog before they cast her. And that's weird because you and I were assuming it was the other way around. Yeah, exactly. I was surprised. Yeah, I was surprised about that. Mm. It was. It was uh, I mean, not that, not that that matters because if you think about it, um, it was, Felipe it didn't was look said, anything like his cat form. It was specifically said in the script that it was a Doberman. She said. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which you know, again, Felipe looked nothing like his cat form, so I find that right. to be you know fairly irrelevant as far as casting. Mm. Exactly, uh, and he was a white male, and mm-hmm. I don't remember if he wore a collar or not, but, you know, he called, you know, his, you know, witch master and, and everything. Despite the, fact, yeah, despite the fact that they, you know, they said that, you know, Portia and James's relationship is something you don't do, I got a way more sexual vibe off of everything Philippe did. Everything I didn't else did. Yeah. Whether he yeah. was talking to Portia, to Spencer, to Dean, I was like, you just... You want to jump on everybody, don't you? <laughs> and I don't know if that was the act, like in the script or the director, the actor kind of doing with that whole like sensual cat vibe kind of thing, or what? Mm. But yeah, um, I mean, he absolutely went after Dean along with everybody else. You know, he was flirting. You know, very obviously yeah, he, flirting. Yeah, I did not see one person that he interacted with that he did not flirt with. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and looked, I, but I thought the actor, the actor playing uh, Philippe, looked like a cat. It was a very interesting-looking yes. face, and Although, it was a wonderful choice. Super weird. I was looking up the actor on IMDb, and there's a in his like after photos. There's one thing that he, I guess, a movie he was in previously, and in the screenshot, he looks like a really young Jensen, and it really threw me off. <laughs> uh, and we like, should say the, something the, about the hair and the cheekbones. I was like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. And oh, the actor's name is Sebastian. Sebastian uh, Gucky, G-A-C-K-I. Mm-hmm. So we should, we should mention that. And but that was, and I have going completely off topic, um, but speaking, because we mentioned Philippe, um, one of the things, it could have been cute, but for some reason I didn't find it cute. The fact that his name was Philippe Lachat and he turned into a cat was just really too on the nose for me. Like, that was way too cutesy on the nose. Like, yeah, it was like, just hit me over the head next time and it'll feel exactly the same. 
Yeah, you exactly. Know? I, was, mm, I was like, I get it. Yeah. I love the cat. Get mm-hmm. it. Mm. Okay. You know? Got it. <laughs> I'm like, so everybody who took high school French reading. <laughs> I also think some of the some of the dialogue we were talking about earlier about having to do with familiars and what they are and what they do that we thought of course Dean would know that. I guess they put in just in case somebody in the audience didn't know what it was and it's unfortunate and that happens on a lot of shows that sometimes a character's stuck giving more dialogue than usual or they ordinarily would to a coworker who of course would already know what they were talking about yeah. just for the benefit Which of usually, the audience. But Yeah, and you know, we 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 talk about that with, you know, poor Sam and his exposition. Mhm. And, you know, in, in Buffy the Vampire Slayer you always had dials with his exposition where, you know mm-hmm. for the most part if you're if you're a usual watcher you're going, Why are you telling me this again? And you forget that some people are just flipping channels and are seeing this for the very first time. Because mm-hmm. as as a fan, you're like, oh, I know. And it's the, you know, mm-hmm. and then when you're a geek fan, when you know Supernatural didn't teach you about familiars, you learned it somewhere else. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh my god! But you know, you you do forget that not everyone's a geek, right? Right. So you know, I would be awesome if everybody was, you know, but. And which, if you go back um, last season to when Dean kills Amy Pond, you know, everybody who watches Doctor Who was like, hey, Amy Pond. Everybody who didn't, it didn't matter. It wasn't necessary for the, the script that you got that, that little thing. Mm-hmm. And I did feel like in this script there were things that it it made it necessary for you to get it. And if you didn't get it. Uh, and I did feel going on that too. I spent half the episode thinking I was crazy for not remembering who James was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, like, did we see him before? Where was he in? He's a friend of theirs. I, would, I thought it'd be cool. Yeah, but no. Nope. Yeah, I was like, I would totally remember well. those eyelashes. Why don't I remember those eyelashes? <laughs> <laughs> he did yeah, have very pretty eyes. He was mighty cute. Christian yeah. Campbell was mighty cute, and he can come back again sometimes. Yeah. I will well, not I be unhappy. I was watching the episode, and I was like, he's seen I was texting with um, my friend Sue, who had already seen the episode. She's an hour ahead of me. He's Ned Campbell's brother. So when he's not, I was like, I was like that explains the eyelashes. Yeah. Um, and I just thought like, it was weird that his name is Christian Campbell Christian when Campbell. We, have, <laughs> we had a character on the show named Christian Campbell, played by Corin Nemec. I'm like, no, you're not Kristen Campbell. Corey Nemec <laughs> is Kristen Campbell. Campbell. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. yeah. So I spent I spent a good portion of this episode going, why do I remember this guy? And I've said before that I have really, I have like a mental problem as far as seasons four and uh, four and five go that I mix up things. So I was like, did I mix up an episode? Did I miss an episode? I'm so confused. And I was like, wait a minute. You're giving me way too much exposition about James. He never existed before this. Oh. <laughs> and and so the, I think it would have been I wish, better. I wish they'd have told what he did to save their lives. Yeah. I feel like if you're mm. going to bring in a character that Sam and Dean met off screen and, hunt, and had a case with, I need more. Mm. I personally would have preferred for them to maybe pick a case from before Excuse me, and I get that you can't always get the same actors and stuff, but maybe like mm-hmm. a fringe 
character in an episode that oh, maybe mm-hmm. we didn't have to see, but at least a case that we've seen. Mm-hmm. And I do, and I do like the idea of Sam and Dean affecting people because it's always it's always been something that really intrigues me about the show is Sam and Dean pack up and they leave and these people have to fix their lives. And mm-hmm. I find that fascinating that they just go on, they just leave rubble behind them, and then these <laughs> people have to try to get back to a normal life. Where some of them don't. the things that these people yeah the, the people these things go through are the reasons that Sam and Dean Bobby. Uh, Tamron, her husband, and Cindy, those are what makes hunters. But a majority of people just go back to their regular life in some way. Mm-hmm. So I like that idea. I just, I thought the execution felt a, felt a little short. Yeah. And the actor who played Spencer, Curtis Caravaggio, was in Provenance. That's right. Yeah, went all and the way back. And the guy who played the detective in, in another episode too, because he was super familiar. The guy who detective played the Ed. detective that uh, played Ed Stoltz. He was in um, Children Shouldn't Play with Dead Things. He, he was, was the girl's dead, huh? father, college oh, professor. Yes, I knew he looked familiar. Okay. Mm-hmm. Who was the, Who did you say Spencer was in Provenance? Um, this is like another strange thing. His character's name was Mark Teleska. And I actually know a real person named Mark Teleska. <laughs> uh, no way. He, the Teleska is the one who got killed at the beginning? Yeah. Uh, he, he looks so much older than he did in that episode. I thought, that, I was like, that was two young people in the beginning of that episode. And wow. <laughs> he, he's aged a lot in the seven years. Yeah. It's so strange, though, that he's, like, named for my co-worker's husband. I mean, he's not named for him. That's cool. And you work in in the art world, and that was about a painting. Yes. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, and Mark has a a blues band, Blues Dragon. (laughs) So, you know, it's just very, very strange. Yeah, I knew he had been in that episode because I saw it in his um, when I was looking at credits and stuff, but I didn't remember who the character was until you just said it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and sometimes we get an in a uh, get a minute. Um, <laughs> I have just a funny story. My we have an intern in our office, and um, she watches Doctor Who, so we were talking about similar shows and whatever. And I said, "Well, do you watch Supernatural?" And she said, "No." And I said, "Well, you have to." So, you know, she said, well, okay, it sounds like something I would like. And so she's been watching and she went back and she started at the very beginning. And I'm like, you know, hang on through the first few episodes, you know, let it get its feed and whatever. And she did. And she's really loving it. I mean, she's watching them like, like crazy. But occasionally she comes in and comes up with these funny comments about it. And like, like one time she says, oh, she goes, wow, she goes, Jensen, it seems like he wears like lots of lip balm. She says, lips are very pouty. She'll go. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just a random comment. And then the other day she goes, okay, she's in the second season. And she says, okay. She said, I feel like I'm really getting a handle on the characters now and who the guys are. And I said, oh, well, good for you. And she goes, yeah. She goes, it seems like Dean is always eating and Sam is always crying. I said, well, <laughs> well, okay. Well, yeah, 
I said, I said, Dean will cry. I said, you will, you will see that eventually. It is. I said, it's very, you know, it's usually very particular moments and everything. And she, and she still has a chance more emotional. And I said, you're right, he is. But things happen to them. The and things day that change, she walks it, in, yeah, the day that she walks in and, and has her revelation about the single perfect man here, you have to text me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will, and I, I, she was talking about um, um, heart with Madison dying, and I had to give her the advance, like a little bit warning, you know, with Sam, <laughs> you know, it's like it's, it's a big, oh. <laughs> uh, fandom, you know, I said yes, sex with Sam, when she said and died, you know, and she was like, oh my god, and then today she texted me a screen cap she took of um, the very end of season two. And 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 she said it, it's um, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, John Winchester, and he's saying he's back, he saved them, and he's going off into the spirit world free. And she's like, "Oh my God!" She goes, "Together reunited again." I'm crying. <laughs> and I and I and I texted her back, and I said, "Get used to it." <laughs> this show's gonna make you do for like eight years. So it's been kind of fun going back and seeing like early episodes through her eyes, you know, and how she sees them and not really having any idea like like what goes on. Like she's not spoiled at all despite being in the eighth season for us. She's not spoiled. She doesn't really know too much. And she's a she's a fan, but not quite as fanish as as they are or whatever. But um yeah, it's it's been fun, but I love that. Okay, I think I got a handle on their character. She goes, he needs a lot, and Sam cries a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. So, <laughs> so back to this episode, and we actually there were a couple of important conversations to the overall arc of this season. And mm-hmm. recent um, recent happenings, and and they picked up pretty much right where they left off last last week with Sam Sam having just ganked the hellhound. But I, I appreciate that. But there were parts of the conversations where I'm like, I really thought we were beyond this, you know, where where Sam says you don't trust me, and it's not that you don't trust me, you don't you only trust yourself, and then having to be convinced all over again that Sam should do this. And then, of course, now Sam, at the very end, we see that Sam is indeed um, affected by going through these trials and he's starting to cough up blood. Awesome. Of course, you you know he's not going to tell Dean, which I'm actually okay with as a character decision because... Of course he's not going to tell him, and Dean wouldn't tell Sam either. He's like, I've I've made this big deal out of being okay to do this. I'm not going to backtrack. I'm not going to let Dean take over. I can do this, and I'll just, I'll be okay. So I, I'm okay with him not telling Dean about that. Dean's not going to be okay with it, but I'm okay with Sam's decision to do that. I but. did read, I did read, though, I, somebody tweeted us if you remember where this came from. But in all my looking around for this episode, somebody was saying something about, um, like, yes, of course, they're not going to tell each other what's going on, and Sam's going to hold us in, and then when he's coughing up, he's going to be like, no, no, trials are fine. I just have tuberculosis. Everything's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, that would so be our show. (laughs) 
<laughs> I could totally, I could totally close the gates of hell, and then I'll get fever for this <coughs> tuberculosis. There were. Yeah. <laughs> on, um, on a completely different subject, my parents live about an hour out from St. Louis, Missouri, and where this what? episode was supposed to take place, and. Uh, the police department and everything was East St. Louis, and they kept showing that. East St. Louis is actually in Illinois, not Missouri. So, <laughs> yeah, there was a little mistake there with that. Um, but I also thought it was um, interesting that when they showed the outside of the police department, or it said East St. Louis and all that on it, that was um, back in season six when um, – my friends and I went up to Vancouver for VanCon, and we got to watch them film some scenes. That was the same building that they used for the um, police department in Live Free or Twy Hard when Sam walks across mm-hmm. the street and meets Dean at the car, and they look at some wanted, some lost people pictures, girls that are lost. And that was the same building they used for that. And so I thought that was pretty cool seeing that. I was like, oh, I've been there. I've sat on those bricks, you know. (laughs) (laughs) It's always very cool. And they were in St. Louis, well, East St. Louis, and the last time they were there, things didn't go too well, but that was skin. Skin took place. Right. That's what I keep thinking. Sam, are you going to go visit Becky? Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Not not Becky the fangirl. So Becky from Skin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and for some reason, I, I don't even ask me how it got from there to here, but um, Danielle, Jensen's wife, <laughs> tweeted today that she's having a girl. They're having a little girl. Congratulations to Jensen and Danielle. Very good news. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yep. And Prince, Princess Ackles was actually trending for quite a while on Twitter. And it's like, it's like oh, please don't oh, name her princess. Please don't name oh, her princess. Oh, God. <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm, I'm sure Jensen and uh, Danielle will not, not uh, uh, follow my theory of that most celebrities smoke crack and then name their children. So I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure they don't do that. Um, uh, Dara didn't. They had... They had, he has got a perfectly lovely, strong, nice name for his son, Thomas Colton, so I have a feeling that Jensen will hopefully, be the hopefully same. they will name their daughter after a piece of food or something, so fingers crossed. <laughs> or, or, a country. You know, a, or a Star Wars character, you know. Yeah. <laughs> or well, thankfully, pilot inspector's already been taken, so, you know. <laughs> Um, though, you know, it's funny because their names are a little bit unusual. You know, Jensen is a little bit different, and Danielle, it sounds like Danielle, and I'm, honestly, I'm not sure of the origin of, of her name and how she spells it. She was named after a street. Her mother named after a street. And oh. And it's her middle name, actually. I think it's her yeah, it's her name middle name. Elka, she's okay. named after, I believe, her grandmother for her first name. I think it's her grandmother, mm-hmm. maybe great grandmother. Don't quote me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then middle name was her mom saw on a street sign and liked it. Mm. Which I think, I think yeah. that's pretty cool. So I, <laughs> yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if if um, their their daughter had a a little bit unusual name, but hopefully 
it won't be like Bob Geldof, you know, you know, fluffy, fluffy Trixie Bell peaches. And there's like six other names that go along with that, or apple, name it after fruit, you know, and so, but to each their own, whatever. (laughs) And really, they'll name their kid, and they don't care what any of us think. (laughs) And you know, I'm sorry, but you know, Anakin Fire is taken. They can't. They can't have. There's already an Anakin Fire in the world. I know I know they're probably dying to have that name, but I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm really upset that, that your son named his kid Anakin before I could because the irony of me naming my kid Anakin having never seen Star Wars is now I can't do it now. Sad. Well you can so. name him Boba Fett and it'll be fine. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Bobs. Yeah, Bobs. So, um, oh gosh, I mean, years ago in X Files fandom, a group of us had to talk someone out of naming their daughter Scully. <laughs> Why didn't they? That's not a, Dana, Dana Catherine would have been perfectly fine. They should have just went with that. We definitely said, "Well, how about a little name? But that's not, that's how about not Dana? No, yeah. that's not on the nose enough. If you introduce your child as Dana, they're not going to automatically know that it's because you're an X Files fan. You need the Scully." <laughs> Oh, I met. I met. I um. I met a. Uh, I met this kid. He was. Um, it was like a big senior event, and I had been visiting another friend, and she was there doing caricatures for like the senior party that night. And he came up, and she said, "Well, what's your name?" And he said, "My name is Kit." Yes, he is named for Kit from Knight Rider, the car. Knight Rider. Industry 2000. <laughs> you know what I was thinking? Yep. I was like. Wait, their mother named their little boy after Kid DeLuca and Pretty Woman? That's what I said. <laughs> no, she didn't. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, she named him. Okay. Yeah, okay. The car is a bit better than where I was thinking, but okay. I have a friend who has a, her first son's name was Samuel. Sam. And so when she was pregnant with her second baby, I was like, oh, you got to name him Dean. You know, I was just basically mm-hmm. teaching her because I was like, there's no way she's going to do it. So I was like, oh, you should name him Dean. Then you'll have your own Sam and Dean and everything. Well, now um, but she ended up naming him Lucas. And now Samuel is six, I think, and Lucas is five, four or five. And Lucas came up to her the other day and told her that he's changing his name to Dean. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, she she said, and he told her, we have a Sam mom, so I should be Dean. And oh, so I was like, that's hilarious. You should have listened to me. Lucas knows what his name should be. <laughs> At least she didn't name him Lucifer. <laughs> True. Oh, gosh. I'm gonna I'm gonna really plead for the Ackles to not name their daughter Lucy. I'm putting that out there right now. Please do not name your daughter Lucy. Thanks. <laughs> the Ackles? <laughs> Lucy, no. Just because I, I no. Thank you. Please and thank you. Um, <clears throat> doesn't really have a flow to it anyway. Lucy Ackles doesn't doesn't roll off the tongue, so I don't think I have to worry. Um. 
Yeah. You know, it's a it's another very, um, sign that this episode is is not up to the standards of the last few episodes because we've got several tangents this evening. <laughs> yeah, I tried to pull it away from the fact that we've gotten like several episodes in a row that were just so good, mm-hmm. and you you know you you have to have a filler, and it was a filler, and it, mm-hmm. on the merit of fillers, it was. I'd give it a six. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't awful, but it wasn't great. It had a few cute moments, and it's like, it's like whatever. And and um, Michelle Morgan as Portia, I thought was one of the better parts of the yeah. episode. Really, I do. I think she was, she was actually the outstanding part of the episode. She was mm-hmm. she was what kept me the most engaged in the episode mm-hmm. because it was really without her. Without her, I don't think I would have cared about James, and that's nothing against Christian Campbell's acting or anything. It was just the way the character was written. I didn't have any connection towards James except for the connection that Portia creates for us, and a lot of it mm-hmm. has to do with the way Michelle played the character. He wasn't really in it as much, you know. He James no. wasn't. Mm-hmm. The episode was about him, but we didn't actually see him that much. Yeah. And, um, Portia, He's yeah. Him, though. No, go ahead. Uh, you know, like I completely agree with what you all were saying. Michelle was, you know, the best part. She, I'm so glad they cast her as Portia because I'm not sure, you know, how somebody else, you know, may have played it completely differently. And but she just was perfect, and I just really, you know, I was intrigued by her mm-hmm. character. And I hope she comes back. Um, this is just one of those weird, like, not so much continuity because it wasn't a continuity error per se, but I find it really strange. Again, this would have been blocked and scripted and, you know, all plotted out. Why we tie, Why we shackle James to the bed shirtless only to put clothes on him later? Mm. And why I, I is did. Portia shackling him to the bed wearing a nightie? I feel like if I was really concerned for someone's well-being and I'm going to sit up and watch them and take care of them while they're shackled to the bed, I'm probably going to be wearing, like, Yoga pants. Mm. It was a I little think, peculiar. I, I like we talked about the other day on the phone. I thought it was so funny to hear he's shackled to the bed, but yet they let him out so he could put on a nice sweater and some jeans. Yeah, it was, <laughs> like if you're going to shackle me to the bed, I should again give me as a female. I want my yoga pants. Mm. As a male, I'd be like, could I get some basketball shorts and like. A T-shirt. I just, I just feel like that's comfy times. It just, it was really yeah. strange. It was really strange uh, wardrobe for me. Yeah, clothes are not usually the first thing on your mind when you're possibly, you know, a murder suspect and killing people, and there's hunters here who possibly are going to kill you, and and everything else. It's you know, your clothing choices are not usually the first thing well, on I your mean, mind. One of those things that because the episode was not engaging me as much as I would have liked it to, you start noticing other things, like the shirt that Sam wears, that blue shirt. I was telling you, Becky, today, I feel like it was very dressy. It was very, very the, nice shirt to just be sitting around your hotel room in. And that is weird the, because he wears that shirt that night while he's researching. The next day, he puts on his suit to go talk to the detective 
And then he puts that shirt back on. It was really weird. You're talking about the blue, the blue shirt with the white the blue pinstripe. With the, the stripe, yeah, which is a really nice shirt. I just felt like it was it a is. really nice shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it was a really um, nice shirt. In fact, it probably belongs with like one of his suits. But it also, exactly. and I, I watch Hawaii Five-O, and that's like almost the standard shirt choice for Scott Kahn's character. So when I saw it, I went, "Oh my God, he's got Dano's shirt." Right. <laughs> That's and then like on it. the flip side, the, the shirt that Dean's wearing in that scene and um, my friend Aaron, uh, Weinstein Life on Twitter, Dean wore this shirt. This is Dean's shirt from Night Shifter. And then it reappeared a few episodes ago and then he wore it again. So, And that's my favorite Dean shirt, that plaid, mm-hmm. that mustard plaid yes. thing, which in theory should be a really ugly shirt because it's mustard plaid. Like, what is that even? But that is my absolute favorite Dean shirt. It looks that's like the most attractive shirt on Dean Winchester. I know everybody else like last week's Henley. I'm all about the mustard plaid. The Henley mm-hmm. can stay too. Um, and my mother, when they're having the scene in the witch bar with Philippe the cat, my mother, you know, we're watching and we're trying to pay attention to it. And my mom goes, God, Dean, wash your jeans. Because <laughs> these are filthy. They're so dirty. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's just one of those things where, you know, when the episode isn't engaging you as much as you'd like, you start to, you know, your mind starts to wander about really bizarre things. So, yeah, mm-hmm. wardrobe was a big sticking point for me in this episode. And since when is Dean allergic to cats? Thank you. I want to know. I need, I, need, I need an episode with backstory on what Dean's hate on is for domesticated pets. And I Wait. don't think he's anti-dog, like like uh, like they said. He's not, well, he's, he, I understand I the dog, is. like hellhound dog, but in the mystery spot, he goes up to the golden yeah. retriever and says, "Hey, buddy," and and whatever. And well, I, was, I, I don't. I was thinking about that too because I was thinking about that when we get the season premiere of this episode, and he's really like the car smells like dog, and so I kind of wrote that off as, well, you know, it's. It's the Impala. He doesn't want an animal in the Impala. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. But then this episode, too, I'm like, what? I mean, yeah, okay, fine. The dog in mystery spot did kill him once. Mm-hmm. But still. Yeah. You know, and I, the hell, hellhound thing. But, you know, they're not real. I feel like he's here so. in yellow fever before he opens the, the locker and gets scared by the cat. Shouldn't he have been sneezing the whole time? And I think that's, that's the problem, you know, when you give characters really specific quirks in later mm-hmm. seasons, it does mm-hmm. it does create a retcon kind of kind of issue. And especially when you do it mm-hmm. in a throwaway episode where things aren't necessary and you're doing it just, just for laughs. Yeah. Did, um, on another different subject, did you all see Christian Campbell's tweet earlier today, it just absolutely cracked me up. He no. tweeted he tweeted, I still have yet to see my episode of Supernatural. I'm a little nervous to watch it. Just hope I didn't screw the pooch with my acting. Oh, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> <laughs> nice pun. I I appreciate a good pun, so 
Yeah, and you know, I'd like to compliment uh, 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 compliment you guys and and myself that the podcast has gone on for an hour and a half, and we haven't made a single dog joke reference to this episode. You know, like going to the dogs, barking up the wrong tree. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're all just way too easy. I, I guess if I complain, if I complain about Felice Lashak or Lashak. I'm not allowed to make a, a bad dog joke if I want to if I want to complain about Philip the cat. So that was my that, that was my justification for that. Um, I also like I think it's really funny like when the when the when the episode title was released months ago and everybody was like oh, I don't know about this. And he could go, well, you know, they're not going to go anywhere like that. And then on the 10 on top from last weekend, you know, Jensen's, during a Jensen interview, he's like, you know, we're not going into bestiality, or are we? And you still kind of go, oh, Jensen, just, you know, you and your funny little self. And then, you know, they kind of went there. So. <laughs> yeah, it was like... I was like, oh, you were telling the truth. (laughs) You meant that. You were serious on that one. Okay. Um, Oh, that reminds me, and then Sam has to explain to Dean that, you know, uh, they were intimate, and he's like, huh, what? Of course he's got to know that that portion that um, she and James had had sex. I'm like, yeah. Of course Dean's going to know that. He's not stupid. I feel like it would have worked out. It would have. Neither one of them should need that explained to them. But if you want to go by like characterization, then it should have been the other way around. Hmm. Because we are trained for Dean to be the sleazier one, as as the audience we're, we're trained for that Dean's the sleazy one. Mm-hmm. So it would, yeah. it would have worked a little bit better to have it go over Sam's head rather than have it go over Dean's head, because. You would think that, you know, from the very beginning before you even find out that Portia and James have an intimate relationship, you should have been making those jokes anyway. Mm-hmm. On a character level. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and I think it was really strange, like, I don't know. Very little about this episode bothered me, but when when Portia teases him of picturing it, and he goes, "No," and he goes, "Yeah," I don't like the idea of Dean Winchester picturing that the way they're implying he's picturing that. I didn't like that. <laughs> that 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 grossed me out a bit. Hmm. Yeah, I. I still, you know, a lot of people, you know, I still like it. I still like the episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's okay. Well, like I said, I don't, I don't hate it, but I had lots of issues, <laughs> you know. And, I didn't and... hate it. I just didn't love it. It's not, it's not going to be an episode that I mm-hmm. pull out to watch on its own. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to be like when the TNT rerun of it comes on, I'm not going to be like, ugh, I'll still watch it. Which is kind of yeah. There. There's only like there's only two episodes that when I'm watching like through Netflix or on the DVDs or something that I skip, and so this probably won't be one that I skip. I'll probably you know, mm-hmm. watching it. What else do you skip? What do you skip? 
I skip um, Family Remains. I skip it and Ghost Facers. Yeah. Ooh. I don't care about Ghost Facers. Family Remains. I don't super care, care but I don't skip it. That yeah, remains so that's kind of how I feel about, about this episode. It's just that one that I don't, I'm not going to pull out to watch on its own, but I don't skip it. I don't think of an episode I actually didn't skip. Kitty, um, when you were you were not able to be on last week, and Becky and I were talking about we were talking about the writing of of Davin Laughlin and Andrew Davin Dan Laughlin, and I said, well, I think they've come a long way. I said, yeah, I was not big at all on Yellow Fever, and and, and she said, I love Yellow Fever. I think we found our swan song. Yellow Fever, I, I'm i good with Yellow Fever until the end because the end doesn't make sense to me. But mm-hmm. I like I like, I like like the jokes within it. I, like, I do like the jokes within it. And I like, I like seeing Dean act out. The, the end, like, with the, solving the case makes absolutely no sense to me. But if I will listen to Jim Beaver speak Japanese over and over again. I don't care. That's fine with me. The only thing I don't like about Yellow Fever is how they have to um, drag that poor guy again. You know, mm-hmm. he, yeah, that's, I don't like it, and it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Like, he was the victim, so you're going to re-victimize him in order to solve the case. I have I, I, uh, issues with that. Yeah. But... When we had when we um, did the podcast for it when it originally aired, we all I remember we all you know had problems with it then too. It was mm-hmm. it's just you know, he was a poor pitiful guy, and he he already had that done to him once, and then to have it do, done to him again is just wrong. But other than that, it's a great episode. I do know what episode I always skip. Um, I forgot it first because I always skip it. Roadkill. Oh, I like um, I like and- Roadkill. I can see yeah, where you I, 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 I always skip Roadkill. I can see where you would skip it. It's not one of the best. It's not one of the best, but I like it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I will always skip Roadkill, and I will occasionally Hello. skip Red Sky. Red Sky Morning, I won't always skip it, but sometimes I'll skip it. Yeah. Issues, Bella. Yeah, you weren't on, but I pretty much said every week my mantra was, I hate her and I want her dead. And I, by the end I of the season, severe, she was. And it really... It, I really, I had such issues with Bella because I thought the character made no sense. Mm-hmm. Like, why, why is this this sudden this chick that every time she's around the Winchester is stupid in the head? It didn't make yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah, and I was too. Yeah, that was that was my problem with her. They out of Ruby anyway, so which is so hilarious to me. Which I mean, it has nothing to do with the actress. It was all the character, but on Walking Dead. Maggie, played by Lauren Cohen, is like my favorite character. She's in my top three characters. So, yes. Go figure. Uh, love her on Walking Dead. I agree. Yes. Um, and the most we, the most interesting, Ella, Lauren, uh, Bella was on the show was her last episode. It was agreed. like when when she's sitting there talking to the phone, talking on the phone to Dean before the um, 
tell hands come together, I'm actually like, no, don't kill her. I want her to stay. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, I finally care about you. Okay, bye. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's like finally, oh, finally they figure out how and how to write her and make her interesting, and we're gone. Okay. Anyway, we have a caller. Hello, we have a caller. Oh, cool. So we do. So, um, uh, hello, caller. I'm about to put you on the air. Hello. Hi, how are you doing? Good. How are Hi. you? Good. Um, I actually was thinking, um, because I'm a Wiccan, and <laughs> I was thinking about how it would be so awesome if Sam and Dean got to know a good witch and actually was able to collaborate with the witch. Mm-hmm. And it, I know I'm drawing a really fine line and, and saying, like, some things are real and some things aren't. <laughs> but, you know, mm-hmm. especially when you start talking about familiars, you know, we don't really have any familiars and that can, you know, obviously turn to people and back and forth. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. it just it just struck me. It's like, well, maybe... Maybe they uh, can see an, uh, another side to this, but Dean hates witches so much. <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. uh, hysterical. Yeah. His reaction is always, witches! Ah! <laughs> you know? I know. I wonder why. I mean, he's, he's so anti-witch. I don't know if it's just part of him not liking any monster they hunt or it's something else. Yeah. And, then, and, and that, that reminds witches, me of another but... thing about this episode when when Portia takes Dean to the club and said, you know, he's the Wiccan from Detroit. And I'm like, no one's going to believe that. I'm sorry. Wiccans can have 30 genes too, you know. <laughs> yeah, he didn't I look did, quite and, the... and To our caller, because you're, you're a Wiccan, I kind of want to ask you, like, did you, was it, I thought it was strange that she introduces him as a Wiccan from Detroit, but it's the only <laughs> time that they call anybody a Wiccan. Everybody else yeah. is Yeah. Was that yeah. weird for you anyway? That, that was really um, where the line starts to get, get drawn. You know, um, which, okay, the witches are, um, as far as supernatural is concerned, um, kind of evil and backstabbing and, you know, corrupt. Mm-hmm. And, but the Wiccans, you know, they're peace-loving and very benevolent and love the earth and probably would help you if you needed help. Uh, so it wasn't, it, it was a very confused episode, I think, from, mm-hmm. from the writer's point of view, too. It was very mm-hmm. confused, and I think that's why it came off not quite as tight as um, we have been getting used to the episodes being. Mm-hmm. I, I think um, Supernatural is trying to make a difference between witches and Wiccan. It seems like they're trying to say, you know, they're similar but different. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I, I was hoping. I, I, I feel like they should have given me a little more as to why she chose to address Dean uh, or introduce Dean as a Wiccan, and yet mm-hmm. nobody else in the episode is a Wiccan. And nobody questions it. Everyone's like, okay, Wiccan from Detroit, yeah, I've heard. Oh, mm-hmm. really? I felt like they either, it was a, either was it a mistake or was there more and maybe it got cut out of the script? Because I felt like I needed more on that. Because it, it, it pulled me back for a second. I was like, Wiccan? Hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. So you know, that's why yeah. I like to ask an actual Wiccan about that. Yeah, yeah it's and when they go, strange. And when they go to see... Um, 
Drexel, the informant, and they talk about a mm-hmm. warlock. And I'm like, you guys should know there's no such thing as a warlock. You're a witch. And yeah. You're, mm-hmm. man, you're mm-hmm. a man or a woman, but you're a witch. There's no such thing as a warlock. But then this is the show that couldn't pronounce and I and 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 I you know I say that with love because you know yeah. there's a lot to deal with and a lot to do and a little bit of time to do it in you know and they they right. do it fantastic and they do a lot of great work and nothing's going to be perfect you know something is going to slip through here and there so I I don't need to pick on supernatural because I do appreciate no, no. that they have no, a I lot love... of work to do. <laughs> Absolutely love Supernatural. I think the the premise they need to sit down and get the premise straight as to okay, uh, what mm-hmm. is a witch? What is a Wiccan? Um, what can witches do? Because this is supernatural, of course. So obviously mm-hmm. they have supernatural powers. Um, and what can Wiccans do? It was kind of neat at, at the um, the club where they were playing chess, and I'm going like, oh telekinesis, I would love to have that power. That would be yeah. so cool. They were moving the chess pieces. You know, and I'm like, mm-hmm. it kind of reminded me of, um, oh, God, that, oh, uh, other shows where they just have, they, we have powers that, you know, we obviously don't have. Everybody would love to have, you know, your special power, love and visibility. And the astral projection, though, was very good. That was right on. Yeah. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed that. That that made sense. So I agree with you. I would like to see an episode maybe where Dean, I guess they could tweak it, where Dean meets a Wiccan, like a real Wiccan, where he kind of has that whole, ugh, you're a witch. And she's like, no. I would like that. And like, that kind of changes his ideals a bit. I, I would like to see that in the future. I think that would be an, an interesting way to play that and make it work, too. Mm-hmm. But I would like to yeah. see, you know, it seems to be that the witch is the one thing that Dean just will not waver on. He just, you know, mm-hmm. they wavered a bit but, with, with Madison and being a werewolf, even though they did end up killing mm-hmm. her. It was more or less her choice. You know, they waver with Benny. They wavered yep. with Ruby. There's always this, like, gray area. But with witches, he just has, even with James, like, even finding out James was innocent, it didn't, he didn't warm up to it at all. Yeah, when you think about it, witches are more human than they are monster. They're they're mm-hmm. kind of like the way they're portrayed is they're they're like evil humans, not necessarily uncontrollable monsters. Whereas like a and maybe that's the issue well, for Dean because it's a, it's a human that chooses mm. to do what he considers evil. Yeah, uh, and he doesn't see any good in it. Maybe I, I, that's the only thing I can think because yeah, we've never gotten any re, like any real reason. You know, now I still talk. Well, I always say that wrong. He specifically said, and he specifically mentioned in this episode that Benny and Kate, you know, it was what happened to them was done to them. They didn't choose to be a werewolf or a vampire. It happened to yeah. them. But James chose yeah. to become a witch. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right. That was the other and thing why, I was bring up. Why did James decide to be a witch? And not a it, hunter. It, it was, in, um, it was implied that because of the the alchemist case, they worked that he worked with Sam and Dean that he just started. Oh, he did a lot of research. Reading. He started doing all the research, and once he started doing the research, he got intrigued out. into it, and then started trying it out, and then just became, yeah, mm-hmm. okay. more involved in it. 
Yeah. I want, I'd like to know how many years ago was it supposed to be that James mm-hmm. saved their life, and you know how how long did it take him to get to this level? Wasn't it one year because he was a rookie the year before and then he, and then oh, he went wow. up to, like, detective? Oh, yeah, so then, <laughs> it didn't happen overnight. Yeah. He's then a quick learner. <laughs> yeah. yeah, quick study then. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he, had a, maybe he had a more natural but, affinity for it than they thought. Maybe there's yeah. people in his family that he never knew about, you know, yeah. that he actually said, you know, who knows. Um, well, I just thought I'd uh, chime in on that. <laughs> and I just sure, hope sure. someday they, uh, they do show another side of Wicked. Yeah. Maybe they can get help. We can help sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you. Oh, you thank night. you so much. Bye bye. Thanks for calling. Um, yeah, so that's a really good point to show up. What I was, uh, what you reminded me that he is again going back to the script is again when he threw out Kate, um, like I was telling Becky the other day, I had to sit there and think, Kate, Kate, Kate. And then I remembered mm-hmm. who she was. And even then, when I remembered who she was, I still questioned myself about it. And I, only because I do the recaps, and I constantly had to write her name for Bitten. Well, when I told Becky that, Becky was like, who is Kate? Because she didn't even yeah, know I had no idea who it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she loved it. Bitten. <laughs> yeah. She's that 2% of fandom that was like, yes, Bitten for forever. Bitten rocks. I love Bitten. One of my favorite episodes, but I had no idea who Kate was. Uh, <laughs> Which, again, I think was, I don't want to say sloppy writing because it wasn't sloppy. I just think if you, it, there are certain things that stick with fandom and mm-hmm. you kind of, or, you know, that you bring up within the show as a writer, you have to kind of know, have your pulse. Had he said Madison, nobody would have mm. gone, who? Yeah. Right, right. You get that Mm -hmm. who reaction because they didn't interact with Kate. They didn't interact with her at all. It was her story being told to them. Whereas with Madison, boy, did they interact with her, Sam. Mm. I wonder why they... Or even if he would have said Amy. And Amy. That's another one. Someone that in some way was an emotional connection to them. Again, emotionally, that's my thing. I think emotionally this episode was just very, there was a disconnect. Mm-hmm. I wonder yeah. why they chose, I wonder if they specifically went for characters from this season. That's why they only mentioned Benny and Kate. And that's why they didn't mention, you know, Madison or somebody. Because if they're going for Werewolf, Madison would definitely have been the better one to pick. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That could be. That could be. You know, there, there's a lot, a lot of them. Um, you know, one-shot characters that they could have used that were more familiar. Huh, familiar. <laughs> <laughs> that, were more, that are more ingrained in the fan base, let's say that. Um, mm-hmm. And I just I just felt like picking Kate was, I don't know if it was just, if it was a specific to pick her for the season eight, or did nobody want to go back and research Beyond season eight for somebody, I don't know. 
I just um, I found because I I, I was watching it. Like I watched it with my mother. Her and I watched the show, and she was like, "Who's Kate?" And I told her, I was like, "I think it's the girl from Bitten." But don't quote me on that. I'm going to have to look it up. I still had to look it up because I didn't trust my assessment of that. I didn't know who uh, Kate was either. I didn't know. I, I don't remember her either. I read her in like a like a recap or something. Went, oh, that's who Kate is. Yeah. <laughs> I did not remember uh, at all. Benny, of course, right away, but not Kate. Yeah. I paused the um, PBR and probably sat there for a good two minutes, racking my brain trying to figure out. <laughs> and I'm telling, like I'm telling you, I I liked Bitten for the most part. I wasn't somebody who didn't like Bitten. Um, mm-hmm. but had I not had to recap that episode and write the name Kate over and over and over and over and over again, I wouldn't. I would. I wouldn't have remembered her either. I would have been like, oh, so it's like James, somebody we've never met. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so so it's funny now that I say it out loud. Ben and Ben and Kate. Benny and Kate. That was a. Maybe they were making a sitcom joke from this season. No, because oh, it was that comedy called Ben and Kate. That's a real stretch, I think. Yeah, it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say if they were trying it, it didn't work at all. Um, I did. I was amused that Dean wasn't impressed that James had only saved their life once. <laughs> you know, yeah. what did you do? Once, you know, what's that? <laughs> I did like the kill only once because yeah, for the Winchester, it's like big deal, dude. Who hasn't? <laughs> oh, somebody, somebody just tweeted us a very good point. Um, GM Kit Jerry Weaver on Twitter said they chose Kate because they let her go. Sam was arguing to let James go, even if he was guilty. They killed Madison. That could mm. be it. Yeah. Then mm-hmm. I I agree with that. I would go. Uh, then I would argue they should have picked Lenore. I just felt like they needed to, I, I like that I like that idea though that at least it was something that they went that that could be a reason that makes mm-hmm. so much more sense. I remembered something I was going to tell you, Vinny. Um, Susan, did you watch Cult this week? Cult, the new show on CW on Tuesdays. No, I did not. Okay, I need to watch Cult. Too many. My new favorite Too many shows, not enough time. <laughs> but it's on cdtv.com, so go watch it. You have to dump something. You have to dump something to pick it up because it's that good. It's really good. But um, guy who um, Dean and Portia meet um, in the warehouse, and he's the snitch or whatever. That guy. Mm-hmm. He plays Nate on Colt, um, Matt Davis's brother. Oh, I didn't even recognize him. I was like, he's so familiar, so I looked him up today, and that's who it is. Mm. Well, that and makes sense because Colt, Colt filmed in Vancouver. Mhm. That makes sense. Interesting. Yes, I feel like Eddie. I feel like if you're a supernatural fan, or I guess Vampire Diaries, although I'm really not familiar with that show and that fandom, which is very. Adjacent. I feel like Cult is a show you should watch. I just, I feel like it's the parallel. I, I, I think it's really interesting. It's very Twin Peaks ish to me. It, it where hmm. the only thing is Twin Peaks had a lot of had some silliness to it, where Cult doesn't have any of the silliness. But whereas they're both seem to be complicated with a good deep mystery, 
um, you know, they that's why they are familiar to me and there's the familiar. Um, but you know, mm-hmm. I feel like if, if you're a if you're a Twin Peaks, X Files, Supernatural, Vampire Diaries, if that's the kind of show you like, you will love cult. Okay. Yeah. And, and I will say I love the you know the show within a show within a show kind of thing. I will say that it's probably the hardest thing I've ever recapped because I'm going to be doing those recaps also. And wow, is that hard to keep track of everything because it's all inception-y. So, but uh, over on television without really pity, over on television without pity, the recapper over there has calling the um, the show within a show inner show, and then the actual show they call it outer show. I was like, oh, that's a good way to kind of keep them separated a little bit. Oh, that's where it's either either we're in cult or it's the real world for them. Like either it's cult or it's the real world, and let's forget that the show is called cult. And I think that's the confusing part. That's the confusing part for anybody who does meta about the show or recaps the show is that the show is called cult, and then the show and the show is called cult. And have they been called two different things? Like. I don't know, cult and compound? I don't know. It might have been a little easier. And I don't think so why you can... I, I get that from a, from a TV show creation point of view, being a cult within cult actually makes, makes it easier for them. It's harder on the rest of us. I see and that I cult is is by Rocking S. O'Bannon. I was trying to figure out what channel it was on. And he did Farscape from... Um, yeah, yeah. I'm more impressed mm-hmm. than I, I will... Try to make more of them because I loved Farscape. It's fantastic. And the, he had um, originally that sh- the show originally called. I know we're getting off on a huge tangent, but trust me, cult makes sense as far as supernatural. Um, so he pitched the show. The show was pitched five years ago, and it, it five years ago, like nobody understood it. They're like, no, mm. I don't know where you're going with this. Doesn't make sense. And so I find it fascinating how five years later. It totally makes sense on a mainstream level because the way the Internet has changed with Twitter and Tumblr being so much more mainstream and things like that where the geek culture and the fandom cultures, we're not as, it's not as mysterious anymore. It's, you know, now we have a, we have a people's choice award for it. <laughs> so... <laughs> You know, five years ago, if you would have told people, like, who's the best fan, people going to, the what them? The what? I don't know what that is. <laughs> hmm. So, yeah, I, I think that I think that part of it's really interesting to me that, you know, it's a show that has been in the works for five years. Hmm. Plus, and- Alona Call. Alona Call super pretty, guys. I, right. I, I, I think I'm just, I'm going to be totally, it's going to be my new obsession. Just, I can just feel it. Yeah, see, here's, and here's, again, I take it back to Supernatural. If you're a Supernatural fan, watch it for Alone at All. If you're a Vampire Diaries fan or a Legally Blonde fan, watch it for Matt Davis. Prison Break <laughs> fan, watch it for Robert Nepper. Yeah, so there you, there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, I, um... And then you know, I, I just I never it. thought I never thought I'd say this, but I'm actually happy that we're about to go into that mini rerun season because <laughs> I you know because of as of March first, if if 
reach an agreement, and I, I hope they do, and they probably will, but I have DirecTV, and there's a whole group of local channels that they're fighting with over money, of course. You know, can we carry you or not? And those channels include CW. And oh, no. always, always one of those that, you know, it's hard for people to have uh, DirecTV. Or what's the other one? Dish, Dish Network. They always want to drop the CW and um, A&E. Mm. I always feel but, bad. I've got Time Warner, so, you know, they don't take anything away from me. Yeah. Well, I mean, we except for this occasionally, I like I like our satellite. It was much better than when we, than when we had cable. Cable Joe was crazy. We, oh. have direct TV, we have direct TV also. Luckily, my CW is not in danger. We lost, back a few months ago, I, I think everybody on direct TV lost Nickelodeon, TV Land, all those channels for a while. But mm-hmm. I didn't yeah, there was a whole group. They disappeared. I didn't watch they came back. I didn't watch those anyway, so it wasn't any big loss to me. Hmm. But yeah, so well, I'm, I'm hoping they work it out. An issue because I watch. I I'm a big nerdy iCarly fan, so you can't take Nickelodeon away from me. That doesn't work out. <laughs> that would be very very upsetting. So if they took Nickelodeon. Did they take Nick at Night also? Yeah, they all of them. The entire group. <laughs> They're but how are you gonna get your like friends fixed? You have They're to back. have a friend fixed. Okay. They came back. They came back. Yeah. Yeah, because that's taking away iCarly and Friends reruns, and mm mm, no, I would have rioted. <laughs> Those are very important things in my life. They're back now, so no worries. You don't have to worry about us. We're fine. <laughs> <laughs> And and, and uh, losing the CW is one of the reasons that I'm always wary of changing away from cable because I CW and A and E are pretty much all I watch. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm Seriously, always wary. People, all of a sudden, it's going to be my area that loses those. There are so many shows on the CW that I watch now, and I never thought that would happen. But I well, I haven't had the since it was since it was the WB. <laughs> Right, yeah. On WB used to watch a lot of shows, and then, you know, when it turned to CW, not that many. But, like, right now, you know, Supernatural, of course, I watch um, Vampire Diaries, Arrow, Colts, and Carrie Diaries. That's five shows on the CW. That's more than I watch on any of the other networks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, the only thing I don't watch is I'm behind on Carrie Diaries. I did watch the first episode. I really liked it. Um I don't watch Vampire Diaries. I tried. Sorry, guys. Um, didn't work. But I watch almost everything else. I'm tempted to give Beauty and the Beast a shot because I've been seeing people like it got better. Um, we'll see. I don't know. But, yeah, and then I watch Walking Dead and Hell on Wheels on Amy, so... I don't really watch anything on the big three. Now, what network is Space Motel going to be on? Is that Annie? What's that? Uh, I think Motel. so, yeah, because they've been doing the advertisements during Walking Dead. Because that mm-hmm. looks like it's going to be good. Which show? Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't hear that. Space Motel? The show, um, Space Motel. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and I 
think it's going to well, be. We've we've <laughs> dissolved into <laughs> talking about shows on network, so <laughs> which I relate. And yes, it's reading. Um, but relate, but we have about we have less than five minutes left on our live stream, and I admitted I haven't had dinner yet, and I'm hungry. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was hoping to get more people calling in about the bigger issues about this episode, but I understand people have other things to do. We we, really we forgot to met, we forgot to mention the call in number too, so that could be why. Uh, yeah, we were um, so busy talking because, about yeah, it. Was, oh well. This was an episode that initially I really didn't care about, but as the discussions grew online, it was an episode I really wanted to talk about. I was like, oh, mm. talk to me about this. Yeah. Like y'all said, you know, for a, for a kind of meh monster of the week, it's inspired quite a bit of discussion, which is maybe, maybe it goes in the success column for that alone. Yeah, you, I mean, really, at the end of the day, good television makes you makes you think. Um, mm-hmm. So for that alone, which is, again, why I give it like a 6.8 rather than like a 4. Mm-hmm. But I and we come, back, we come back next week with um, Remember the Titans. Looks like it's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sounds interesting. And then that is the last new episode. Until around in April. Uh, I know. Yeah, March 6th, there's a rerun. And then the week after that, that's a rerun. They haven't released the schedule for the week after that yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's that time of year. Most shows go off into like a little March hiatus. Right. Because mm-hmm. then we come back and run the last stretch, too. I can't believe it. The season finale. It feels like it just started the season, but it's amazing how fast the seasons go. Yes, and it we get like twenty-three summers, episodes. Summers last forever, and then the seasons mm-hmm. fly by. Yep. Very annoying. Um, I guess. Yeah. Quickly, I'll say thank you to Michelle Morgan again, or. Michelle, <laughs> for calling in. She was great fun and a great guest and uh, did a great job on this episode, Supernatural Playing Portia, the familiar. Um, hope to see her again. Well, with James, maybe he'll explain more about his history with the with the Winchesters and how he saved their lives. Um, thank everybody for listening. Thank our caller for calling in. Um, we appreciate that. Um, I'm sorry about that mentioning the call-in number, but we'll definitely do that next week and hopefully get people calling and get some more discussion going. Uh, In the meantime, uh, you can uh, subscribe to our podcast through iTunes. You can listen and download our our podcast at blogtalkradio.com, Media Boulevard, search for Media Boulevard. Um, You can always go to our website, winchesterbros.com, and click on the Winchester Radio logo um, while you're there, you can read all about all the supernatural news, um, actors, past, present, and future episodes, etc. Uh, any charities we have going? The Kevin Kevin Parks last week's guest has his bride um, to raise money for cancer on behalf of, in memory of Kim Manners. 
among other things. You can always find us on Facebook and Twitter at Winchester Rose. Again, all the up-to-the-minute Supernatural News coverage. Um, I think that's it. Right. Yep. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks. See you next week. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woo a hand-clapper, a high-fiver? I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.